Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. The metal And now your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Good morning, and thanks for joining us wherever you're listening to this. Whenever you're listening to this Metalist podcast, David, Jason. So today we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot of Cavalera stuff coming up in the immediate future, and that today we decided we were gonna start with of all the bands, Soulfly. One of those uh, trees, quad. Yeah, one of three that he's still active with. I guess if you want to consider nail bomb, not really, but like he's he's playing nail bomb material again. I was gonna say, is it worth getting into a nail bomb top five? Like like it's just one album, right? But yes, one and a live one. Yeah. Of the other one. Yeah, which is and it's all the same song, so. <laughs> We're gonna go with Soulfly. They they got an abundance of uh, stuff now, and he's he's been doing Soulfly longer than he's been doing that he was ever in Sepultura at this point, right? So, yep. And uh, they're gonna be touring again next year. They just announced because this year it's all about Cavalera Conspiracy, uh, which is cool. I like I like Cavalera Conspiracy. It's just a very different. It's like like Soulfly when they started out, it was kind of a continuation of Roots, right? With all the the tribal elements and like, yeah, I've always thought Roots was kind of like pre Soulfly. Like, it shouldn't have surprised me when mm-hmm. it happened, but right. it did like massively. Of course, so, I mean he he definitely amplified it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know what I mean? Like, but if you listen to Roots, man, like, well, if you go from Chaos AD to Roots. And then you go, you look at Roots to uh, the first Soulfly album. It's more like the, you know, it's definitely more like, it's a, actually, it's right in the middle. Hmm. Actually, you know what? It's not in the middle. It's not, it's, it's just like a fucking Soulfly album. Yeah. There's nothing fucking. It's the bare bones version <sighs> of what Soulfly was going to become. There's nothing like really technical, not like. I mean, even Chaos AD wasn't as technical as, like, Arise, but it still had some of that stuff on there. Yeah. Where, I guess, uh, well, it was still more, like, metal, traditional metal than than Roots. Chaos AD? Yeah. It was, then, it was thrown around with the... the uh... Even though that was the... You know, I mean, really, if you want to get down to it, man, that, that was the album that was the big change. Mm-hmm. It was you know it wasn't necessarily roots. It was chaos AD, like totally different sound. Yeah, um, different style of riffs, and really, I mean, roots was like fucking the bump up, and then Soulfly was just like 
full bore, okay, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, so technically. And we'll get into but, but Sepultura. But I always thought day. like Roots was like the pre-Soulfy thing. And, yeah. But yet, you know, when I first heard that fucking first Soulfy album, I was completely blown away because I was like, wow, like I've not only never heard anything like this before i've never even heard half these instruments before yeah for real that you weird know. thing he plays with his mouth and and then yeah i mean there's hand. there's all kinds of different instruments there's all kinds of different like guests there's all kinds of different styles and it was all styles that hadn't been thrown together at the time right so it was it was uh, it was truly unique when it when Soulfly first started. It mm -hmm. was really unique. I was surprised to go through their catalog and see that a lot of stuff I'm not super familiar with, even though they do delve into some different areas, they kind of get back into like the traditional metal area in a, in a few of the albums or yeah. after a particular album or whatever. Absolutely. And even then, I mean, they start throwing in the guitar solos. They start throwing in some of like the fucking, you know, the double, you know, the, the fucking blast beats and stuff. And, through all that, it still sounds like Soulfly. I, I, how would you describe like what Soulfly's sound is? So when it started out, it was definitely a continuation of Roots. I mean, Roots and the first Soulfly album were both um, recorded by Ross Robinson, presumably Indigo Ranch in Malibu at the time. I, you know, that's burned down since. Um, which is funny because it feels like Sepultura. And again, we'll get to Sepultura on another episode, but they like felt like they had to compensate, so they went such a hard, different direction. Um, and meanwhile, Max was kind of more pursuing that whole, you know, and then the, there is the thing to talk about is the separation from Sepultura and all the stuff that went into that, because that fuels, especially at least the first record, you know, the death of his stepson, Dana Wells, uh, older brother to... Like, I think you know, when we do that. Sepultura, we might have to break that one up. Oh, most definitely. It's... There's a lot like of stuff. Like, we could do it in one there. episode. Yeah. But, like, break up. Because it's it's so different. Like, Max and uh, the Derek Green stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. so different. I can see that. And, I, I mean, eh, we'll get into it then. Anyways. Yeah, but yeah, so a lot of that, a lot of the, you know, the grief over the death of his stepson uh, went into that first album. And then he still, you know, he still talks about it even today. Uh, and then, like, everything that came with that whole grieving process, you know. From what I understand, and I want to read Max's book one day. There's there's a bunch of different sides to all the stories and whatnot. Basically, that becoming the impetus for the split with Sepultura because need, wanting some time off to grieve. Because the, uh, the manager of Sepultura at the time was also Max's wife, Gloria, who was Dana's uh, mother. And that became kind of the driving wedge, from what I understand. And they both went their separate ways. Max went into a bit of a depression from interviews i've heard with him with jamie josta and whatnot uh and this was kind of his way to get back into things and the whole idea of he's kind of the mastermind and he's got like kind of a revolving door of different musicians because the idea was he would just like to collaborate with different people and make it like a collaborative thing more than an actual concrete band with a you know a permanent lineup or whatever a lot of interesting ideas and i mean like dude experimentation out the ass and that's one of the things that was most appealing to me. You know, you'd be like, ah, why did you know? Why did nobody think of taking this approach to heavy music before Max Cavalera did with Soulfly? You know, it became a good, 
it became a good avenue for that because you know especially sepultura kind of toned down the experimentation a little bit in favor of more straightforward <laughs> material so when you're starting with soulfly and that first album and maybe the next certainly the next one and maybe the one after that it's a very spiritually charged journey where he's trying to center himself in the wake of everything that's happened and try to find a positive outcome yeah, you say you've seen uh, Soulfly more than any other band, right? It's the band I've seen live most. So you saw them in the early days too, right? Yeah. So were they pretty rough when you saw them in the early days? No, they're fucking awesome. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, like the performance is good, but like they are super loose with that old lineup. Is when I saw them, and just like, and then like a little after that too, because if you see them now, dude, they're tight as friggin'. Well, they're a ba- they're a band that's like, it's like a punk band. Like, mm-hmm. it's more to me. It's more the energy. Like, they're a band that's, like, when you are watching them live, they are so fucking, there's an energy there that, I don't know, it's 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 almost like it puts blinders on, and then it's the same kind of band that, like, you see them live, and it's amazing, and then you listen to the live recording later, and you're like, wow, that's not very good. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, it's literally the show that you went to, you yeah. know, like, but uh, they're definitely that kind of band, and, you know, most bands are, like, that's the thing, like, being there... There's just a different thing going on, you know what I mean, than listening to a live recording or listen to a recording. There's a reason why recordings have to be perfect. Like, yeah, I think the the worst they sounded probably was like the last time I saw them, but that's because it was like a fucking Sunday night in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Max looked tired, you know, and just wanted to get done with the show. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he was phoning it in by any means. It was just like a lot of the in between song stuff. And just the look on his face, like he just looked tired. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like yeah, they yeah. didn't, as far as anything physical. And granted, the place was small, but I've seen him in small places before. Like, and you know, it was a lot of up and down instead of left and right because they don't have a huge stage. But there wasn't even a lot of not from him. Mm-hmm. Everybody else seemed to have a. It, it seemed like he had less energy than everybody else. Now that's the thing they. If you're in Idle Falls on a Sunday night, that means you probably just had a big show in a bigger town on Saturday night or Friday night. And, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of, like, you know, dude's older. And, I I mean, at some point, if you think that these people, like, even in the best shape, if you think these guys are going to be able to, you know, if if their 100% is going to look the same every night, you're crazy. Yeah. For sure. You know, and it's like they're giving 100%, but sometimes 100%, they only have 60% in the tank, but they'll give you all 60. Yeah. And that's what I saw the last time I saw him. The first time I saw him, you know, it was a uh, you know, tiny little fucking place, man. It was fucking insane. Like, I I was just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, they broke out a fucking drum circle on the fucking stage. Like, I'd never seen that before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... The second time I saw him, it was at this big fucking, it was one of those BFE shows that I've talked about before in the summer episode. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was them and Static X. They were, you know, Static X was, I think Static X played right after them. So they were like the, the actual headline, but it's co-headliner. Static X played last, but. Was that uh, in uh, 2000? That would have been the off thing yeah, for Yeah, that was the off Ozfest thing. Yeah. And it was, I think, Back to the Primitive had just come out. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing. And it was like, because I remember instead of, uh, you know, Chino Moreno and, and um, Grady Avenal, it was um, the two dudes from that band Shovel. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they had to step in. I honestly don't remember who did Bleed. I don't. I mean, I know they played it, but I can't remember who did it. So the first time I saw him, it was like MCUD from fucking Head PE is the one that did Bleed, and then there was I think it might have, dude, it might have been the kid. Uh, when he Richie. Was, 
No, I mean, who's the older one, Zion or Richie? Richie. Because there is live renditions I've heard with him. Yeah, so it might have been Richie. Yeah, who's now the singer um, of Insight. I've seen the bass player do it. Uh, Marcello. Yeah. I've seen him do it. And I can't remember who else I've seen do it. Like, Because hmm. I think when they when they were in Idle Falls, the last time I saw him, I, I, mean, I want to say it was the kid from Lodi Kong, like his son from Lodi Kong. Like, uh... The one that sings. Isn't that Zion? That is uh, Igor. Oh, yeah, that's right, huh? Yeah, because Zion's the drummer. Zion's the drummer, yeah. Yeah. Um, It might have been him. I'm not sure. I I honestly don't remember. Like, as much as I love that song, and I know that they've had, you know, like, it was a big deal for me when they had that, (laughs) which I guess you you could just get it on Spotify now. They actually compiled the whole album. But for years, I was looking for the entire set of Live at the Max, and there was another, there was another live show, a big live show that was coming out, and it was, um, uh, see, so this is on Napster, like actual Napster, and it was the, f- it's, it said it was the only time at the time, it was the only time they'd ever done Bleed with Fred Durst, you I know, and they just that, happened yeah. to be in the same place at the same time, they could have him on the song, like yeah, you know, I think I have heard that too, and he sounds a little more out of breath and stuff. Oh, it's and it's faster. Yeah, but, I mean, they, this it's just like holy shit. They're probably pumped up a little bit because it's like wow, we actually get to do you know the song with each other. Yeah, but yeah, Chino's on the two songs, and then also like you know Max was on one of the Deftones songs. Oh, so that yeah, that's a good impetus right there. <laughs> I is, think that was the first time I ever heard the term Soulfly. Yeah, that that they, they, they Max at least I think has said that that he considers that the original Soulfly song because that's where the whole thing yeah. originated. Yeah, so I've never it's never been like. You know, oh man, I gotta go see Soulfly. It's always been the town I lived in, both of them. You know, just when I lived in Idaho, they there wasn't a lot of bands that came through, and Soulfly came through every time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because they would play like a lot of the college uh, towns, you know, and smaller towns. I was always surprised, but every time I've seen, them, like, they're one of the the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, when's the last time you saw them? Fuck, man, that was. 2014. Okay, so not like super long ago. No. The lineup they have right now, I think, is super solid. You know, they so that was the big transition. You remember what I was saying? If you don't want to call it new metal, certainly bouncy, rhythmic, you know, down-tuned, lower, you know, simplistic riffs. And then I, I haven't actually heard Prophecy all the way through, so I don't know if that's where the transition happened. But by, by the time you get to their first, or fifth album, Dark Ages, and Marcelo has already been in, uh, not Marcelo, Mark Rizzo. Has already been with them for two albums, dude. They are shredding all over the place. It's a callback to, uh, you know, the earlier days of like a rise, Sepultura, maybe. Uh, you know, some of it. Like that's and, the thing. Like I don't think it actually really fucking changes well, all that much until yeah. fucking probably Enslaved. Well, so like it's a, like it's a transition record, right? Where it's like kind of between the two. But I remember when they started hearing solos on, you know, on Soul, Soulfly records again. I was like, oh. All right, cool. And I noticed it was like different. And the aesthetic change, you know, where he, instead of talking about spirituality and God and stuff, he's talking it's, about war and yeah, blood and more mad. Yeah, and then it was like, you know, like there's spiky things in the in the artwork and there's like gas masks and stuff and the and the and the tone changes. And it was it was interesting. And you get the best of both worlds. You, you that's the thing, like I, I absolutely consider Roots a fucking new metal album, dude. Like yeah. but I also am not one of those people that thinks new metal a is bad and new metal is anything to do with rap. Mm. Well, to me, not to, exclusively. To me, rap 
in metal was rap metal. Yeah. Like that, it was, I didn't have, because a, the majority of bands that were of, in that new metal scene, whether they wanted to be or not, doesn't matter what they wanted. That's how it was. Mm-hmm. The majority of the bands had no fucking rap influence at all, or at least no actual rap being musically. It's very similar, and musically, that Roots album, Soulfly, is very rap or like rap uh, influenced, mm-hmm. whether they want it to be or not. Like. If you be a lot of that's Ross Robinson. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's very look at like the majority of rap songs, and I'm not I'm talking from now from the fucking very very first of it till now. Whatever you want to fucking think about it, that's fine. Put that away and fucking just look at look at it from a musical fucking standpoint. It is literally taking one to two fucking rhythms, and that's it. That's the whole fucking thing. In rap, when you change it, you change the stuff over top of that. But that rhythm, that beat does not change the whole time. When it comes to like new metal stuff, yeah, you'll get different beats here and there, but they're variations on the same beat in the same fucking tempo. They don't change tempos a whole lot. They change grooves yeah. a lot. And even then, you don't change them as much. And that was the big that was the transition I was talking about. In Chaos AD versus something like Arise, you had this traditional fucking metal riffy style. And by the time you hit Roots, man, it's it's not that riffy fucking style, man. It is groove-oriented, man. It's not so much about the notes you're playing or how many notes you're playing or even the melody. It's more about what does the guitar do with those drums that makes your fucking head bounce. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Or literally make you bounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like when we were talking about, you know, there was this time frame where people fucking made music with the sole purpose to make you bounce or make you jump. You know what I just realized? You know how we talk about like whatever you want to call it, core breakdowns. It's it's all about the breakdowns, right? Yeah. Is new metal all about the bounce? Kind of, yeah. Oh, it, it's man. bounce metal. It's yeah, but it is kind of like that. Like that was the big thing. It was like you know, what's I, I used to do with my band. Like I had this, we had this fucking drummer one time, and I wanted to transition from this riff to this riff, mm-hmm. and I wanted it. It it wasn't. In fact, I it wasn't even from this riff to that riff. It was the same fucking riff, but I wanted to transition there because I needed to go from one place. I needed to go from A to C. B had to be something different. Yeah, but I didn't want to be playing anything different on my guitar, so I told him you need to change the fucking drum beat right here. He's like, "What are you going for?" And I'm like, "All right, take my head from and you know people listening won't be able to fucking see this, but take my head from doing this to bop, this." Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, you know, and immediately he was just like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. did it like so. That's what Soulfly is. They're I don't like the term groove metal because literally every fucking thing has a groove. It just mm-hmm. might not be a groove that you want. But I guess when I think of bands that are considered groove metal, it really is just like it's it's such a I don't know what the word would be a blatant groove that it's it's not even slapping you in the face with it. Mm-hmm. It's resting itself on your face it's more it's natural it's teabagging your face yeah. with the fucking groove dude like you, you cannot deny that it's there so you know bands like prong you know pantera to some degree some of these bands have been been considered groove metal that's what this is like these guys almost invented it like 
And you know, some of that has to do with, like you said, like you said, Ross Robinson. Like, I mean, he was very known to, you know, strip, strip songs down. What do you need? What do you don't need? If you don't need it, get it out. And instead of having the solos, they had all the fucking quote unquote world instrument parts mm-hmm. that made up for that. Like they had the drum, you know, the like uh, fuck man. I just remember them playing. Uh, they went from like back to the primitive into roots, and like right in the middle of roots. The groove keeps going and they all walk off and it's just the drums and the fucking bass and like fucking all of a sudden here comes like five dudes with fucking drums. Yeah. And they all different sizes and they all just start playing fucking this drum fucking thing and it's just amazing. Like you're just like, holy fuck. Like this is fucking cool shit. Like I can't, I've never seen anything like that live before. Yeah. Obviously I've seen a drum circle in a park, but like, you know, (laughs) not on a fucking stage from a metal band. Like it was... It was really fucking cool what they were doing, especially at the time, because it was so different. It was the same kind of groove stuff. It was the same kind of, they had a little bit of fucking more of a hardcore element than like something like, uh, you know, obviously Korn had an obvious fucking rap element, like Limp Biscuit, obviously, but Soulfly had more of a fucking hardcore element to it, a little bit of a punky fucking type of vibe. And, but the, but it was still the same concept yeah it was stripped down you know we're not going to play 18 different parts right you know we're, we're going to have like three to four parts a song tops that's that's where i saw the big change with them it wasn't just the guitar solos it was the fact that like the songs were starting to get like a, a like more parts and they were hitting like all these different styles more so than they did before but because of the groundwork they laid before this band's pretty much able to do whatever they want mm-hmm you know, they're one of those bands where it's like, okay, we can do whatever we want. It's not going to be that weird. You can listen to something, honorable mention, Chains. It's a much slower song than normal, you know, or something like, you know, World Scum with uh, Travis Ryan from Cattle Decapitation. It's a lot more double bassy stuff. Like, it's a more of a death metal type. Granted, I mean, Cannibal Corpse style death metal, old school death metal. Yeah. But still, it's more of a death metal style song, and it's not that weird. It doesn't like not sound like soulfly you know but i did try to stay away from songs that they had that you know i I really look at it's like okay so the reason i like this song is because it reminds me of old sepultura yeah yeah no for sure (laughs) for sure for sure i tried to stay away from those because there's not as many of them if if there was a bunch of them then i would have been like oh that's just their thing but there's not that many of them so i was kind of like eh you know i'm not gonna and, and none of them were none of them were like favorites anyway. They were just yeah. things I wouldn't put in the list in the the first list that I have that I'm gonna whittle down. So because they do have some stuff, and I mean, again, you go see Soulfly live, man. You will hear Beneath the Remains. You will hear Refuse Resist. Yep. You might even hear the breakdown in Dead Embryonic Cells, just because like that's just what he does. Yep. They'll play Troops of Doom. Troops of Doom, yeah. Like um, it's awesome. That's like, on our end, by the way, if you hear It's sirens. really cool fucking hearing him do that. Like, yeah. it, because he does, even then, it's it's not like listening to Sepultura do an old song of theirs. It's listening to Soulfly. Yeah. With cover a, yeah, cover a Sepultura yeah. fucking song. And it just yeah. so happens that, you know, the main dude was in the band that they're covering. But still, like, it sounds totally different. Like, yeah. it's really fucking cool. I, I always like the idea of, like, this new style, like, it's like a hardcore hippie. Yeah, no, you know yeah, what I mean. For like sure, that's yeah. what Max always reminded me of. Like this, 
tribal communal fucking style that he had. Mm-hmm. He's super into Bob Marley, you know. That, yeah, that like comes that's from that. Yeah, so that, that was. I always liked the idea of that. I mean, I was never into like you know, oh, I'm gonna dreadlock my hair or anything like that. But right. But it was cool seeing seeing that whole like movement or whatever kind of come about through that new metal era. Like, and I think what it was doing was it was opening. I think what new metal did when it was what a lot of people didn't like was it really opened up metal to a lot more people. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think there's a lot of people that don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, fuck you. You yeah. have you still have your thing. No one's fucking coming and stepping on your toes. Yep. But don't be pissed just because someone else built a fucking other house. Like, yeah. fuck you. And the introduction of new ideas. I think, you know. Well, that's the other part. It's like they made it so that fucking metal bands are able to do whatever they want. And it's not that fucking weird. And I'm telling you right now, man, it doesn't get any more experimental or out there than Soulfly. Within, and still being, like, listenable. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have, yeah, you have bands like fucking, fuck, what's that one? Lie by Mistake or... Fucking Tony Danza, yeah. tap dance extravaganza. Like mm. you had a lot of those fucking crazy bands that just were weird for weird sake, and it's like, well, whatever. Like that doesn't make okay, fine. Mm. But you're just weird. Yeah, you're not Without a weird purpose. band. You're just fucking weird for no reason. Like yeah, you know, Soulfly experimented. They're very listenable. I mean, fuck, even the fucking screams. Like, but that's I, I was say. So another thing I really loved about Max too was a. Uh, He's never saying. Yeah, no, he's he never just, saying clean. Yeah, he just does the he Max Cavalera. He just yeah. hires people to do it for him. Yeah, and I've always thought that was just brilliant, man. Absolutely. Like, you know, it was like fuck, man. Like you know, hiring Corey Taylor, having Christian Machado, which I was we were talking about off air, where it was I was telling you like, if one didn't kind of do like a lot of the same thing over and over, it definitely yeah. would be in my top five. Like I love that fucking song. And because Christian Machado's vo- like his voice in is just awesome. Like, um, you know, the song with Sean Lennon. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad song either. It's different as fuck. But it's, you know, it's not a bad song. I remember when I first heard it, I didn't really like it. But even like, you know, okay, like you listen to that one with you know, World Scum with Travis Ryan, like he's singing a lot lower. And people forget, like I think people forgot. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Max used to be in Sepultura, man. Like the mm-hmm. dude can like the dude knows heavy. Yeah. You know, and I remember a thing with Slipknot back in the day in, like, one of the guitar magazines where uh, I think it was Mick that said, um, you know, no one can even write any riffs anymore because Max wrote them all. Mm-hmm. When, I first saw, when I first saw him, there was a flyer. It was, like, Max is back. And it was, like, you know, had the Soulfly logo and all the shit. And I'm like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. It's just Max Cavalera from Soulfly, like, from Sepultura. Like, I had no idea that he was that high regarded but as time went on like and I'm, you know meet people talk to people there's a lot of people that liked sepultura more than like even pantera and more than even like slayer and and megadeth and testament and stuff because it was newer when they heard it and they did have the you know it was like lower vocals and whatnot and so it was death metal for people that yeah you know, it was, it was a little it. bit heavier than yeah. like the big four like it was a little bit heavier than thrash it was like super heavy thrash and yeah. so it was like there was a lot of people that liked that man and like mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that you know max cavalera was a big deal yeah you know and i had no idea that that was a thing <clears throat> as it goes on you talk about you know Josta's fucking riff beasts and stuff. It's like fucking Max Cavalera. Absolutely. Like he could fucking write a nasty riff with, you know, one to two notes and it's, or one and just bend it yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's nasty as fuck, dude. Like, yeah. 
You know, so, but he can also still play those fucking like melodic death metal style riffs too. Like, mm-hmm. and people forget that. I think a lot of people forget that. I think a lot of people forgot that like Mark Rizzo is this fucking massive like flamenco guitar player. Oh, yeah. And it's like, dude, if you could play flamenco guitar, I mean, you could pretty much shred any solo you want. People forget that just because you don't doesn't mean you can't. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like all of a sudden these guys start playing solos and everybody's like, what the fuck? And it was well, like, well, fuck. Yeah, it's you know? like, like it's like John Five with um, Rob Zombie. He's playing <laughs> the simplest thing in the world, but if you listen to any of his solo records, he's a fucking oh, yeah. master. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So the drummers he's had, Roy Mayorga. Who's now in Obviously Stone Sour. Sour. Yeah. Joe Nunez, David Kincaid, which is kind of where, to me, that's where the biggest difference came as far as like the music was when Kincaid joined because it really got into more metal style drumming and less, less new think, metal style drumming. Yeah. Right? That was, that's the fucking bottom line right there, man. It went from new metal style drums to fucking more death metal, melodic death metal drums. Mm-hmm. And not saying that that David, I mean, the guy played in fucking, was it Borknikar? Yeah, I saw saw that in there. I'm not saying he can't play that, but that's not his style. Like, he plays a different fucking style. And and then when he's done, you know, they're gone, they have, you know, fucking Zion, right? He's the drummer now. Mm -hmm. And they have him, which, you know, fuck, he's got Soulfly in his blood. So, because Max used to travel always with the kids in his own bus. So, he literally grew up Soulfly, so you couldn't even have... A better a better drummer than that i mean because it's 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 not that it's not highly skilled you know what i mean but it's more mentality than skill like it's you have to hear those kind of beats to play those kind of beats yeah does that make sense like mm-hmm. or to at least write them like you know and play them fluid so that to me is more of a you know that's the whole band the whole band soulfly it's more about feeling than anything else. I mean, more about feeling than skill. Like, it's always been that. And it's like, I love the fact that, like, you can listen to him, you know, fucking nine hour albums later or whatever it is. And you've listened to all these different changes and all these different fucking styles that they've tried with within songs, all these different songs they've done. And it still sounds like Soulfly. And it's because there's this massive feeling behind this band. I don't know what to call it, but it's there. You can hear it in everything that they fucking do, man. Like, man, uh, I've always thought that was pretty fucking incredible. Absolutely. They, it's a solid package, man. Um, just looking through the random other people he's had in there that went on to do other stuff. He had Logan Mater for a hot sack after uh-uh. after uh, he was done with Machine Head. Well, that yeah. was why he was done with Machine Head. Yeah. Was Rob wouldn't you know Rob didn't want to let, or at least that's the story I heard was Rob didn't want him to do it. Yeah, uh, you got Tony Campos from <laughs> Static X, Asesino, Ministry, Prong, got a million other bands. Yeah, Tony's done a lot of stuff. Powerflow. Uh, no, that oh, was uh, that was Christian. Oh. Um, and I did get to see him do a guest spot playing one of the songs he did with Soulfly on one of those records when they last came through. Uh, I forgot Danny Lokler from Brutal Truth, the original bassist of Anthrax, was in there for a minute. Oh, Dave Ellison, too. Plus Dave Ellison. Bobby Burns from Primer 55. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Burns was the guitar player in Primer 55. Yeah, and he was on And bass. ended up being a bass player for yeah. Soulfly for a while. Yeah, so coming back around to now, again, you got Max Cavalera, obviously. Mark Rose has been in there since 2003. You got his son Zion on drums, also of Lodi Kong. And then I don't know who this guy is other than he does uh, Soulfly, but Mike Leone 
and solid bass player. And I mean, just the other thing I was looking at was the difference between uh, Cavalera Conspiracy and Soulfly. Basically, is just the drummers because he just swap out uh, Zion for Igor Senior. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, cause that was another thing I was getting into was like when, when they first got back together after they were finally both out of Sepultura, Cavalera Conspiracy, it was just like, it was almost kind of like that first record was kind of a, okay, it's like Soulfly Part 2 with that Igor, right? And then, um, they both went their kind of trajectories and they're almost kind of doing the same thing on paper, right? But like, whereas Soulfly is just a lot more straightforward, you know, brutal metal, um, I mean, Cavalier Conspiracy is too, but for lack of a better word, it's more necro, right? It's a lot more li- lo-fi. It's, it's supposed to sound a lot more like, you know, uh, a better version of uh, Bestial Devastation or uh, Morbid Visions, you know what I mean? So it's interesting to see how those complement one another. And then, I mean, as far as, you know, Max being in Killer Be Killed, that's just a whole other thing. But it's interesting to see how those kind of complement each other. And then, you know, again, we've talked about, like, Guest spots on these records, dude. Forget it. Out the ass. Oh man, not even counting all of like the foreign, foreign to the United States. Not counting all those musicians and singers that yeah. probably most of us have never heard of. Mm-hmm. Not even counting those guys. Like just counting people you've heard of. It's fucking oh, yeah. crazy. Like he has done more collaborations than any fucking metal artist I've heard of. Yeah, man. Like, it's amazing. It's so awesome. It's one of the things that I really love about fucking Soulfly. Again, another fucking element that rap fucking does all the fucking time, and I've never understood why metal won't do it. I know. Other than the fact that I just, I heard somebody say it one time, and I can't get it out of my head. You don't want to be showing up on your own song. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not yeah. shitting you. Like, some, I can't remember who the fuck I heard say that, but I was like, fucking, dude, seriously? Like, that's the, that's... And the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I guess I can see it. You know, like, I could see why, you know, that's the thing. Like, the fucking death metal does it all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Especially those new school, well, I guess they're considered deathcore or slam, but they do it all the time. Death-oriented bands. Yeah, like, they, like, they're like they not tripping on any of that shit. Like, but again, that's all singers. That's all vocals. Like, I don't understand why there's not more, like, guest solos, you know, guitars, or you know, like let a bass player come over, have his have a different sound. Let him do. I, I mean, I guess it's really hard because, like, I think we talked about it before. Like, unless you have your own guitar style, which a lot of guys now can just play any style. Yeah, that's true. So it's true not too. like you have a lot of. There's not as many one trick ponies as there used to be, and so then you know saturation too, right? So now it's it's like fuck. I mean, there's so many more fucking bands now than back in the day, but. You don't have a one-trick pony like Carlos Santana where he was the only one who had that guitar sound, yeah. right? So it is harder for someone to do a guest solo without you knowing it w- and, and having you be able to pick out like, oh, that's fucking so-and-so from... Oh, that's John Gallagher from Dying Fetus. Yeah, do On the true. solo. Like, you'd probably never know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess I understand that, but you could still put a featuring so-and-so, you know, on your song, and then everybody fucking does know, and let the guy fucking rip a goddamn solo or something, man. Like, or if you're a band that doesn't even have solos. Yeah. You know, grab a fucking dude and have him throw, like, a I don't guess know. A riff. I, yeah, dude, or fucking, you know, just say, hey, man, this dude's the fucking rhythm guitar player on this fucking song, like, whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess in the grand scheme, it's probably not going to show through as much. Right. Or you know what? Legit, just like get together, write a song. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and so you have it. It so their influence comes into the song as well. Like, 
I, I mean, I guess in that regard, I understand it. But I mean, with, it, with vocals, because most of these fucking guests, as far as like the big ones that you know of, most of them are vocals. Yeah. Well, like he's had a couple. He's had a couple guests like solo. Like I, th- I thought there was one song that had like a guest guitar player. There was a I for and I had Bert and Dino from Fear Factory. Well, supposedly had Christian too. Uh, on like oh, on that song. Because I know he's on a grip of the other ones too. I thought it was that one, but it might be the other. It might be. Yeah, the a majority of Fear Factory on that record for sure. Yeah, I, I think Christian was on a few. Which songs. has to just be like you know proximity with Indigo Ranch, right? I oh mean, yeah. You know they were just right there and like they're friends and. Yeah, well, I mean, like the first time I'd ever heard of Benji Webb was on the songs he did on that first record, and at the time I think he was in Dub War, but then after that, you know, he's obviously in Skin Dread now. On the second record, you got. Oh, and on the first one, you got Chino from from Deftones, obviously. Dave Peters from Throwdown, you know, who was, uh, they they took him on tour, and Dave actually came out and sang uh, Refuse Resist with him when I saw them together. You got David Vincent on a song from Morbid Angel, formerly a Morbid Angel. Uh, Who else? Todd from Nails on the song. As we said, uh, Travis from Cattle on a song, and that was originally supposed to be Adam from uh, Oceano. Who else, man? I mean, Jamie Hanks is on a song. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. That's cool. From my yeah, he's War. on Fallen. Okay. Off of uh, Savages. That's cool. See, there's so many so that I mean, it's hard to keep track with, of. Yeah, he's worked with new artists, old artists, everything in between. You know, like I mean, I just thought it was so cool that one song where he had. You know, Grady from fucking Will Haven on there. I was like, well, dude, holy shit. Like, it's the same one with Chino, right? So it's just the whole Sacramento connection. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck knows Will Haven? Like, that's yeah. fucking amazing. Like, yeah. he put Will Haven on. Like, yeah, no, so that was the cool thing. It was like, like, Grady's got, like, he's another guy has, like, kind of a distinct kind of uh, scream. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, then you throw in all of the world artists and stuff that have thrown down more than just vocals. I mean, they've thrown down a lot of the fucking... Uh, the different instruments and whatnot. Yeah. And um, it's fucking awesome. Like, I, I love that he does that just because, like, I don't know, because there is a novelty aspect to it. I mean, sure. But that's why novelties are novelties. That's mm-hmm. why they work. It's because it works. Chances are, if I see a fucking song, like, oh, fucking featuring Randy Blythe, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking listen to it. I want to know what part he's going to sing. I want to know how much he's on the song. That's another thing, dude. Like, Max doesn't just have these dudes, like, background vocal. I mean, he does. Mitch Harris. Is it Mitch Harris? Yeah. The guy from Napalm? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Ross Robinson is credited with backups. I mean, mostly, you know, yeah, uh, uh, Burton on I for Nice, you know, he's barely on the song. Yeah, he just says but, one word a yeah, couple times, yeah. Yeah, so, but, I mean, for the most part, like, he has, like, these dudes doing, like, fucking, like, he does the song with them. Yeah. In fact, some of them, they do the majority of the song. Of uh, my number one, like jump the fuck majority, up and yeah. like one, mm-hmm. like with Christian, like also all Max does is sing the chorus. Mm-hmm. He screams the chorus. That's it. Like um, I think the one with Des Fafara, like I think it's both of them screaming at the same time. And you know, and Des has a fucking particular sound. Like you can tell it's him. Yeah. So. They do, like, you know, they ask full parts, man. Like, it's not just like, oh. But then it's kind of cool because you do have the ones like Burton's just kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Or does yeah. he say foreign? That might he's be him. He's the one that says yeah, foreign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about uh, it. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, like, he's just in the off thing. And it's like, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you're There's bring. that great rendition of uh, Brian <laughs> Fair super drunk singing that at the Roadrunner United. Yeah. Um, but you know what's show. weird is you can definitely tell it's 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 fucking Burton. Yeah, I like, couldn't really for a weird. long time. Oh, really? Like, but I, I, but could, I didn't have that discerning an ear when I first heard it when like, I was like 13. I, I can definitely tell it's him. Okay, that, well, that one's where it's like you could – that's one example of Dino is on the fucking song, but you can't really tell it's yeah. Dino. You know, so just take his word for it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but again, the idea of see you know, when I saw it in the inlay and the idea of Dino being in the room. Well, you just pretend that you know these fucking fucking eight dudes are just playing inside the little box. Yeah, you know, you know what's funny to, it. to bring around because so, um, <laughs> the first time I'd ever heard of Fear Factory was because of Limp Biscuit. Uh, well, I guess before that they would have been on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, but I don't remember that apparently. So the it was the the song they did with Limp Biscuit on the first record, also at the oh Wait, also at the song? Indigo Ranch. I think it's called Indigo Flow off of uh, oh, Three Dollar Bill. Oh, is that the one where they fucking were talking where he just does the shoutouts? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, he recorded. That would have been the same time that that album was recorded at the Indigo Ranch. So now this all makes sense. You know, the first person I heard ever ever heard do something like that was uh, MC8, dude from Compton's Most Wanted. Oh yeah. He had a song at the end of the at the end of the album too. Okay. He did it two times in a row, two albums in a row. Huh. The last song was just a fucking beat, dude, and uh, and he was just like fucking shout out. Like all the fucking rappers that he liked, and I <laughs> was like, cool. "That's fucking cool as fuck." Yeah, you know, you hear a lot of like, "Fuck this guy," and "Fuck that guy." Yeah, it's true. You know, so it's, it's like, like it's kind of hey. nice hearing a rapper be yeah. like, "Yo, this dude's fucking him cool. Up. This yeah. dude's fucking cool." Like, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. So to bring it back around, yeah. So that was the first time I'd ever heard of Fear Factory. Was Christian and Dino? They shouted out and were on that track. Um, and then obviously, I Jesus become a huge Christ. Fear Factory. Welcome to fan. the rap cast. Yeah. Fuck. Um, and then oh, it I'm occurs sorry. to me, as I had a little short mental short, I was like, wait a sec, not only is Fred Durst on that one song, but DJ Lethal's doing the, the scratch in the breakdown of it, too. I forgot about that until just now. And DJ Lethal is also on that one song. Um, Look Away. Yeah, Look Away with Mike off Patton roots. and um, Jonathan Davis off roots. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's very That was one of my fucking there. favorite. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys have been, they've been working together for a long time. Like, yeah. a lot longer than you think. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of that probably was proximity to Indigo Ranch. I mean, if you it, when you have a fucking studio like that, that's one thing. I mean, it's kind of a bummer. Like, again, like, it's easier to work with people now. Yeah. But yeah. there is, there can be a definite more human connection if it's done like back in the old days where it was like, oh, well, these guys are recording, you know, like Opeth was recording at the same time that fucking Soilwork was. And so fucking Michael Ackerfeld is doing backups on a Soilwork song. That's mm -hmm. the uh, portrait. Yeah, it's the title so, track. There's that sort of thing going over. Fuck, dude, David Bowie and fucking Freddie Mercury on mm -hmm. Under Pressure. Yeah. He just happened to fucking be at the studio that day. Yeah. And they decided, hey, let's do a song together. Like, I mean, that never would have happened now because no. there would, you wouldn't, there was no, you didn't go to the studio. You recorded it in your house or you recorded it in a guy's house. Actually, just a side question. The uh, vocals that Travis Ryan did for World's Gum mm -hmm. was recorded at Frickin' Studios in San Marcos. Really? Is that Dan Frick? Uh, might be. That's a good question. Because it was Frick. Yeah. Apostrophe N. Might have to ask him that next time we see huh. him. That's a good call. I never thought of that shit. That would be really fucking cool. I just I saw that on the fucking yeah on, on the wiki. It's it's, it's on, on the wiki. Yeah, it's just interesting. Anytime I see cattle go into record, they always go all the way to um 
Colorado to work with Dave Otero, who's um, Cephalic Carnage's guy, yeah. too. But I guess if you're just popping in for a guest spot, it would make sense to do it right here, huh? So, oh, there you go. Like right in the middle. It's got to be. Wow, man. There can't be that many people no. named Frick, right? That are in the recording industry, for that matter, either, right? Well, yeah, so he does do recording, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that narrows down the possibilities quite oh, a bit. Oh, man, we got to fucking hit him up. Yeah. We got to find out. We got to have him on the show. He's, he's probably full of full fun stories. Oh, fuck yeah, um, dude. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I like this guy. Yeah, I, um, it's it's interesting. I almost feel like I could do a separate list of my favorite Soulfly uh, guest spots as well. Because they're not necessarily <laughs> my favorite songs, although one of them is. So let's see. Let, let me look at my list real quick. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have two of them that aren't Shit. <laughs> necessarily... Well, now that I'm looking at mine again, a bunch of them are guest spots, but it's not necessarily because of the guest spots. They just happen to be on songs. See, I, I really actually like. wanted more of the guest spots because those are like a lot of my favorite thing, like the favorite ones. Yeah, to some degree, but some well, my of number it is, one is because of the guest. Some spot, of it's because the guest spot. Yeah, and then some of it also is like kind of have a good idea of your number one. Oh, you do? I'd be very curious because that's the thing, man. We got a lot of songs to choose from. I actually at first I was like. It's going to be pretty straightforward. I'm pretty sure I could just whittle down a couple songs together. And then when last night I was like, fuck, man, I have to take off honorable mentions because I have way too many. I could go down a whole thing on great uh, honorable I've mentions. Got, before we get in the list. All righty, folks. It's time for the namesake, the actual list. We got a lot of good ones for you. Uh, you want to start it off or should I? Well, I just have like one more honorable mention because I did mention two earlier. Mm-hmm. Actually, did I mention Fly High? So one no. with the girl singing, just let my soul fly free. At the end, like that uh, fucking shit is awesome. Like, the third album, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a, it's, it's not like super mellow or anything, but I mean, it's definitely got like a prettier chorus. Man, it's got like some keyboard action. It's stuff. a new take. No, no, it's again something I love is just expanding on the ideas of what metal actually could be. You know, yeah, it's, it's a really cool fucking song if you listen to it. I did say worlds come before, but Plata Oplomo with yeah, yeah, with Tony on vocals. Yeah, dude, yeah. like that fucking song. It's got this cool little high guitar thing that's you know uh, again all off fucking the lead synth and rap music like it's just like that like it's it's fucking kill it's okay all of these songs we'll just say like okay obviously the groove is there yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and obviously the groove is awesome so it's like all right it's just like pick your groove and you know pick the one that you like the most it's probably being done on at least one of their songs i mean they're they're just so about it but my number five is rise of the fallen uh featuring greg from dillinger's skate plan really cool song dude it's Mm -hmm. very different it's just a it's there's every once in a while you hear you'll hear a soulfly song that it's like, wow, that doesn't really sound like the typical Soulfly song. And this this is one of them. And the first thing that caught me was his vocals. Yep. I, I, you know, and I was just like, wow, dude, like that's kind of fucking crazy, dude. Like, so I had to look it up. I was like, wow, like this is a really cool. One. Now this is on an album. I'm not so a lot of the newer stuff, man. I'm not super familiar with it. Same, I just kind of yeah. threw it in on a Soulfly day, you know, and I just hit shuffle and just listen to the fucking stuff. Now, mm-hmm. when you get into the first probably four albums. I think probably the first four is where I listen to them a lot. Yeah. And, and then after that, it gets kind of like, you know, here and there. But legit, like, it was a Soulfly day, you know. And so 
I was really surprised when I fucking saw it was him because I have heard him with Killer Be Killed, mm-hmm. and he definitely works very well with Max. It, oh yeah, his his vocal style, as different as it is, works well with Soulfly. Oh, another quick fucking shout out. I'll tell you right now, my favorite shit is Soulfly, and it'll come up in another episode. But my favorite all time favorite shit is Soulfly. The shit I listen to all the time. Even the fucking new ones, the instrumentals, the Soulfly instrumentals. Yeah, the yeah, the Canyon Jams, as I, I believe they're called. I fucking love too. those, yeah. dude. They are yeah. some of my favorite fucking things. I wish they would do a whole album of them. Like, There's an extended would... version of the first one on the. Oh, dude, I edition. made extended versions. Like I fucking went in at a wave editor. I'd fucking chop out certain parts, man. I'd loop them, and I think at one point, I think I had. It was the first four. Mm-hmm. I had them all set up to where it was basically like, because I think the fourth one's the one that has the fucking, I think it's at the end of it. It just goes into this little fucking, like this little flamenco part. But like I, I took all of them and I made them all about 13 minutes long, you mm-hmm. know, 12 to thir- 12 to 14 minutes Yeah, just by looping parts and, you know, made sure that it, it, it was a good loop, you know, so that you couldn't tell. And fuck, man, I listen to that CD like so fucking much, dude. Like, and I have a separate playlist. I've had it on my Spotify for a long time. I just called it Soul Instrumental. Yeah. And all it is is all ten of them. Actually, nice. I guess eleven. Well, I'm looking through them. Like the new like, one doesn't have one, right? The new one does. The one before that, it it's was a, a bonus it was track. A bonus track, and yeah. it's on Spotify now, but it wasn't before. Right. So yeah, I guess there's eleven of them now. And fuck, dude, they're awesome. And yeah, the the well, the first one has two different versions. Yeah. That's nifty. The one before that was apparently a bonus track, too. And I don't think you can get the other awesome. version on Spotify, if I remember right. But you can get, yeah. you can listen to it on YouTube. It's fucking awesome. Does that ever it's irritate you different. on Spotify when you go? And it's like a lot of artists, it'll be like, here's the regular edition. Here's the special edition. And then like some, it's just all, here's the special edition. Take your filthy bonus tracks. You yes. know what I mean? Just put them all on there. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Why, why even have the option for the regular version? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, that's something for, I mean... It's Spotify. You're not. You've already paid. Yeah, exactly. Goofy. But okay. Um, you're number five. Well, so I want to rattle off. So I had to whittle down my my um, honorable mentions a lot, which was a surprise to me, but a pleasant surprise. Uh, so and I see one I didn't write down. So I'll, I will say "Head Up" by uh, Deftones because he called that the first Soulfly song, and it kind of set the template, right? Ninety or ninety six. Yeah. Something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. That was. Yep, that was a fucking good one right there, man. Yeah. I would consider it a Soulfly song. Absolutely. Uh, the other one I had down after that was Babylon, the first real song, you know, track two, but the first real song off of Dark Ages, which is really like, okay, here's where Soulfly's at now. Yeah, and it's that's kind a of good foreshadowing. One. Yeah. Do you know what I used to always put in a Soulfly, like on, on my Soulfly, like discs when it well, when it was only the first album. Right. One I would always put on there was fucking Rada Mahata. Yeah, why not? From yeah, fucking Chaos it's, it's, AD, it's got it that just, flavor, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just pretty much here's where this is going. It's like, oh yeah, I could see. Yeah. yeah, you got Prophecy off the you know the title track off Prophecy, which uh, also has David Ellefson, and it's I think it's like they got the video where they're like at the top of that big ass rock in Monument Mountain or something like that, or not uh, Monument Valley or whatever. You know, because it's like, hey, we're an Arizona band. Here's a popular landmark in Arizona. I can appreciate that. Pain off of um, off of or primitive. That's the one we've been talking about with uh, Chino and Grady from uh, from Wilhaven. 
There's something about that rhythm. So uh, the big thing that I always talk about and a big thing with this list is what, what gets stuck in your head, whether you're trying to think of something or not, what, what just pops into your head without you thinking about it, you know, and there's a few of those on here. Oh, yeah. And that, it, it, this isn't quite that, but it's it's pretty close. It's it's just a fun song, especially coming after my last honorable mention, Back to the Primitive, uh, before that on the Primitive album. I remember that summer, dude. When they were on um, Ozfest, and that's what the video was taken from, was the footage of him playing Ozfest and Ozzy's at the end, and like that was the jam, dude. Like, like, and then that was when like they were like super positive and uplifting, Soulfly and spiritual Soulfly before shit got really dark. But like, you know, I, I really yeah, dug it that. definitely got back into the the thrash style political. Yeah. But I mean, just even like State the overall the type lyrics, yeah. man. Like, but the tone, really... dude. Like, like those first three, uh, sort of first. It's just Max on a rock with it all. Fucking... Yeah, it's like Bob Marley metal. Yeah, like... but like, like the the two after that, it's very spiritual centered. I guess yeah. prophecy to a degree too. You know, yeah. but man, and like colorful. It... But then, like, yeah, Dark Ages. It's it's what it's the title, dude. Yeah, and that's what like, kind of sends it like down. The thrash, the thrash Max came back. Yeah, lyrically, it was like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so you get a little bit of everything. I dig like, that. Wow, man! Like, but yeah, you do because you you still have, you know, some of those other fucking things. But yeah, like it was. And again, it was like it really surprised me when I fucking first started hearing that. But then I started thinking about. It. I was like, wait a minute, this is Max Cavalera from fucking. This is Dead Embryonic Cells. This is fucking Mass Hypnosis. You know, this is Beneath the Remains. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, this is the same guy. So like. It's it's definitely a a totally different. Would you cons- would you say it's a totally different vibe? Yeah, from where I they get, started, absolutely. Yeah, I, get a, I get a completely different vibe. Like, from like this even band their the uh, albums. their live presentation where they have all the fucked up gas masks and stuff. It's almost I don't want to say even like nail bombish. You know what I mean? Where it's like a very well, yeah. That's another thing. I'm like, this is fucking world of shit. This is fucking. It just makes me think while of while you like, sleep, I destroy your world, Max. Yeah, like it's yeah. like wait a minute. Like okay, wait. This you know, isn't anything strange. Yeah. This is just a different. It's his crust punk influence and all like the really morbid shit he's into coming out a lot more, and even more so again on Cavalera Conspiracy. But like, like it's 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 an own, its own funneled way through this particular avenue. You know oh what yeah. I, mean? I guess something else I forgot to mention was Soulfly was the first time I'd ever heard anything Mass Cavalera, dude. Because they had the the top biggest metal bands. Fuck, I hate saying this. Twenty years ago. Uh, the top, you know, most important metal bands on, uh, according to Rolling Stone. And so I was like, fuck, I got to check all these out. You know, first time I heard Meshuggah, Soylent Green, uh, Candiria, Queens of the Stone Age, oddly, if, oddly enough, you know, in 1999, Soulfly was on there. So I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And then that's how I heard about Sepultura. Then it goes down from there. So first song I hear, my number five is I for an I because that was the first song on the first album. And it was on the Roadrunner sampler that year. But yeah, dude, I for an I again with the Roadrunner connection, you got Christian and not Christian. Uh Dino and uh Bird on there. And it's just it's it's just a sick ass song. It's very direct. It's very pissed. You know, it's a it's a declaration of intent, you know, like like That's my number it's three. Quintess- it's quintessential. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's if I'm not mistaken, it was the last song they played uh, last time I saw them. You know, which makes sense. It was number one for a long time. I mean, if I because I had a hard time thinking like, well, I don't think I've ever had a favorite Soulfly song. I can you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, yeah. it was always kind of like my go-to for Soulfly because it was just it was the yeah it was the first song that I heard of theirs. Like, I mean, that by actual technical Soulfly, it's the first song on the fucking first album. Like, and it's. It really fucking hits hard because it's got the kind of like the weird, 
Yeah. At the start. Yeah. And when we saw them, it was like, that's what they opened up with was Eye for an Eye. It was like all fucking dark and just fucking all And then all of a sudden. Yeah. Like it's deep guitars, you know, driving fucking groove. Like it's yeah, it's a fucking heavy ass tune too, dude. Like mm-hmm. um it's that really fucking factor, cool dude. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's heavy bounce. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's you a know? subgenre in its own. So like like for <laughs> right. cold context, the other song that stuck out to me a lot on that Roadrunner sampler, along with I for an I was they were uh, still touring the Against record for Sepultura. So I was bouncing back and forth trying to figure out not where my loyalties lied per se, but like between what I liked more between... Well, that was the thing. It wasn't necessarily a loyalty thing. It was like, what do I like more? And it was just like, for me, it was like, wow, I really... I really like Soul Flight more than Sepultura. Well, it bounced. It went back and forth to me forever, and even now, I'm like, I don't necessarily like more than more than one than the other, dude. I still, it's like the only song I like on Against, by the way. I but, guess for um, me, it was it was a little bit different because I was a huge Sepultura fan, and I'd I would say I would say right now on the podcast, I, mean, I do like the Sepultura stuff more than I do the Soul Flight stuff. But is that with Max? But here's the thing. Well, uh, yeah. So yeah. it's only Max Sepultura is the stuff that I like more than fucking Soulfly. But here's the weird thing. I listen to Soulfly a lot more than I do Sepultura. Interesting. Okay. But I don't know that I listen to more one more than I the other. I think that had a made that was a major factor of liking Sepultura after Soulfly. It wasn't necessarily that oh Max. It was a Max thing. It was just like. It, I mean, it was a Max thing. It wasn't like I was fucking saying, like, oh, I like Soulfly because Max is in it. It was, I didn't like Sepultura because Max wasn't in it. Okay. I you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it, it did change. It, yeah, dude, eye for an eye. Uh, that's literally where Soulfly proper starts. So why not? Uh, number four for you. Number four for me is Back to the Primitive. There you go. And again, when this album came out and I saw them the second time, this is what they opened up with instead of Eye for an Eye. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the fucking just... Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's the fucking Untos Tres Quad. Yeah. It's a sick opening. And they had the fucking like the little weird opening thing. Yeah. It's like this big buildup to all of a sudden back to the primitive. And it has that tribal. You saying that did I, just, did I just open up with two different songs? No, no. <laughs> oh. You just made me realize that that's kind of a takeoff on the the beginning of uh, Refuse Resist. If you think about the yeah, way yeah. Refuse, <laughs> yeah, I just realized that. All the, yeah, wow. All right. Yeah, back to the primitive. Interesting. I mean, like, so okay. yeah, that that was a. It had the fucking tribal feel to it. It has. The super fucking groove, obviously, like I said before, and it's just like a really fucking cool song. And then it ends with the fucking like the weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and oddly enough, I think that's the only song. Oh, no, I guess I have another one. So there's basically like this is one of two that doesn't have a guest spot, which I was really surprised. Okay. But yeah, that it was it was the opening song from the album. An album I was super like I was just fuck i couldn't wait for it to come out by the time this album like this was one of my most anticipated fucking second albums you know what i mean like it was highly anticipated for me because i i mean i seriously i just fell in love with that first album like so gnarly like i i I was waiting so much and then this song came out i I heard the song i don't remember if i waited till the cd came out i don't even know if i bought the cd because i think i was done buying cds by this point 
But like this was the first one I heard on the album. So if I downloaded it or bought it, like whatever it was, I listened to it in order. I had a, I had it in actual order. And fuck, man, like there's something about the that heavy chorus on the fucking yeah. like that's this buildup of like what's gonna happen. Yep, yep, <laughs> you know absolutely. I mean? like, it's holy an, shit, it's coming. You it's know, an anticipation like, riff. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, it drops that fucking that just that heavy like it's just so fucking cool sound and it just like I listened to it the other day and it just gave me fucking goosebumps listening to it. Like just like it did when the first time I heard it. So I was like, Alright, cool, yeah, that's that's number four. Mm-hmm. What's your number four? So a couple of reoccurring themes, and I think we've discussed this already, but like so one thing I'm going by is like well, it's not so much that as it is an observation. Just like we talked about, we have a certain threshold of comfortability as far as our familiar with or familiarity with this material, right? Because as much as we like the later stuff for what it is, it's not our go-to. Because like I feel like there's a certain stride you hit with certain bands, and mine was definitely the first two records, right? The third one I go back to, and I was like, there is better stuff on there than I remember, but like it didn't grip me the same as the first two records did right and then everything after that is kind of just icing on the cake at the time it was diff it was different because it was like by that time you were so i guess saturated with other bands yeah and i think that i think even with the even with the newer stuff like i don't listen to a whole lot of like quote-unquote regular metal like and so they kind of I guess it's kind of it's, they, nothing changed. It's just they kind of fell off my radar for a bit for yeah. a long time. Yeah, like Damn. I mean, I didn't, I hadn't heard fucking omens. There's still a lot What's I the haven't other heard. One? Oh, there shit. Was, I oh, mean, there's a lot, dude. So okay, so when I kind of fucking stopped listening to them, it was after four. Mm-hmm. But I, I was very aware when Dark Ages came out. But like yeah, Conquer, Omen, Enslaved, and Savages all came out, and I didn't even know they came out. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff I gravitate towards is off those first two albums. You know what I noticed with this list? I don't listen to music as much as I used to. I know I don't, and that's crazy because we I, obviously love it, right? I listen but, to so many, like mostly when I'm in my car, I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah. And I haven't been to the gym all week. I've been fucking pretty bad the last like two weeks. But even if I am at the gym, unless it's in the morning, when when because I have a key, unless I go in there before it opens... I don't really get to choose what music's on there. I don't. I have headphones, but the headphones I have, I don't like to work out in. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I did get sick of having something in my ear. Yeah, same. You know, and when I'm at home, my fiance doesn't like metal, so we don't really listen to metal. I mean, the closest thing we get is like last night we're trying to clean because my son's showing up and she fucking put in Queen, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I love that you love Queen," because. Fucking Dude, a, I could listen to Queen all the time. We gotta like, do a Queen even though I'm list. not a Queen fan, like I could listen to them all the time. Like they're the band credited with taking the remaining blues out of metal. I mean, granted, it came back, but yeah. So there's there's an important thing. That's a that's a Queen list for another day. They, um, they got distorted guitars, so yeah, yeah, exactly. They count. They and their buddy buddy with Black Sabbath. Did Tony Iommi? Oh, okay. All right, save that for another day. Yeah. I just popped something in my head. But um, yeah, you're definitely more phasier than I am. Well, actually, you know I, what? It no, can be. I'm into. I'm fucking so into all these new fucking deathcore slash slam slash. I find out about shit from you all the whatever. time. Whatever, like yeah. I'm so into that thing right now. Yeah. That like, I guess that's my phase. Is mm-hmm. that's what I've been. Well, when I do listen to stuff, that's what I listen to. And it was in particular yesterday. It was Friday, New Music Day on Spotify, and like you know, for the next like three or four Fridays, man, I have all these fucking slam slash fucking deathcore bands that 
they're all coming out with new albums. Yeah, I mean, like, I got like a little mental list of like, okay, I gotta check this like, out. Like, I didn't I listen to the, out. I didn't, I, I only listened to the new, the new Ingested EP that came out yesterday one time because I'm like, nope, I gotta hear some Soulfly. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but then like my 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 fucking lady's playing Skyrim, and I'm like, I don't want to be blasting fucking Soulfly on my phone while she's trying to play Skyrim. So I was like, well, fuck, and. So that's where it gets. So yesterday I had to go pick up the dog and I was like, okay, we're going to drive down Rancho Santa Fe. I'm purposely going to not listen to my podcast. Yeah, so you have to set could, aside time. Yeah, so yeah. I could actually sit. Which, dude, back when I was younger, it was blasphemy. Yeah. I'm like, wait, you want to listen to people talk? Well, you know, it would be interesting. And this has turned into a whole different discussion. But it's, it's <laughs> something I'm interested in because, like, dream. dude, like, like listening habits. How listening habits have changed because of the advent of streaming, but also going hand in hand. Just the way human life and and you know time availability has changed yeah. in the last. I'm like, did 10 I get years? old, dude? Like, like I'm just like, what do kids do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they don't have a time. They don't have a frame of reference for like, okay, you have a handful of CDs that you can go with, and maybe you borrow one from a friend, or you have the radio, or you just wait for whatever's on MTV. It's like a whole different thing, and but at the same time, life's gotten exponentially busier, and you don't have as much time for anything in, in general, right? So like. You got this weird intersect of you have untapped potential of like you can do whatever, but you only have so much time to do it. Well, and you dude, gotta intersect. You have somehow. Netflix, so if you have free yeah, time, you might want to watch a show. Now, yeah. my son plays Spotify on his Xbox while he's playing video games. It just so happens, and I play a lot of fucking video games too. It just so happens the video game I'm currently into is Skyrim, and it has you know certain types of music, and there's people talking. So I don't really listen to music while I'm playing Skyrim. Yeah. So I'm like. Fuck! When am I gonna listen to this? Like, it's it's really weird because yeah, I start thinking about like, did I just get fucking old, and I don't listen to music as much as I used to, or did I just listen to so much music? Oh, so here's another thing with the podcast thing. I listen to, in fact, I don't listen to a lot of different podcasts. I just listen to a few podcasts all the fucking time, right? So. I've always wondered, do I get, do I listen to those more because I don't really talk to a lot of people anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't go to friends' house a lot. I don't go out much. I don't really interact with people very often. So is that why I listen to podcasts so much? Is because I want to hear and because I, even if I don't out loud talk to the podcast, I'm still thinking about it in my head as if I'm in the conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm the same. And I'm way. like, am I listening to more, these podcasts to supplement social interaction? Yeah, but I like, like, so yeah. Case in point, dude. We're just like, like habits are different now, just because of the way things are. And I'm sure age has a part to do with that. But it's like you'd almost be talking about like how you would progress older from the way things were 20 years ago, not how things have changed alongside. So it's like kind of a column A and column B thing with listening habits. And again, like how much music do kids actually listen to now? Who knows? And like, they wouldn't have an idea of what that's like compared to beforehand. I don't know if that's probably, that might be the same. Cause there was kids back when I was a kid that just, it was, you know, it was just, like music was cool, but it's not like, well, that, Oh my God. Like yeah. if, if I'm not listening to like, like how I was, it's like, man, like the most important thing I could do in a day was listen to something I wanted to listen to. Like, this is listen to some kind of music I want to listen to. Now, I did also notice, too, when we drove up to L.A. for that show, man, you remember? You used to go, if you were driving for an hour or two or, you know, or even longer. Yeah. It was like, you throw on the fucking tunes and everybody just shut the fuck up. 
Yeah, yeah, for and we sure. We listen to the music. Yep. Every once in a while, someone would pipe up and say something, but not very. We this song in, cool. You know, <laughs> dude, we fuck. I threw on fucking tunes, and we're driving up to fucking L.A., dude, and like, none of us even heard a fucking song because we were everybody's sitting there time. talking. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of that comes, you know, as you get older, you're not interacting socially as as much. I mean, depends on who you are. But the majority of people, because they're not going out every fucking Friday night or every Saturday night, the majority of fucking people, as they get old, like my parents, for instance, like they don't really have friends that they go out with anymore. It's that kind of thing, right? So you don't see as many people. So when you do see people, you tend to fucking discuss a lot of things. Now, I think that is even more amplified now because of Facebook, Mm -hmm. where we do fucking talk or we do interact to some degree with fucking people. But because we are as old as we are, we still miss the old social interaction where, like, maybe kids nowadays, it's not that big of a deal. They get around each other. They don't want to fucking... It's not like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, because because they haven't talked to a fucking human in a while. Yeah. Or a human they want to talk to. I mean, I talk to humans every fucking... Like, almost every day at work, and it's just people I don't want to talk to. And it's and it's not real conversations. It's all just yeah. small talk shit. You know, you know what I mean? It's funny. Just even the advent of whatever you want to call it, texting, instant messaging, fucking Facebook comments, tweets, yeah. whatever. I used to, like, be excited to talk to a friend on the phone, even if they just, like, let, live next door. You know what I mean? And now it's just, like, anytime somebody actually calls you, it's like, fuck, what do you want, dude? Like, last time, last night when I'm trying to get ready to go to sleep, somebody's trying to call me. I'm like... What the fuck, okay, dude? Okay, dude, when you're trying to go to sleep, that's a whole different thing. But Granted, it was like 8.30, so it wasn't I'm super totally late. I'm totally opposite you know I mean? with phone calls. I would much rather fuck... If we're going to talk, I would much well, rather yeah. fucking have a co- phone call than a text. One, I don't like to fucking text with my fucking thumbs. I don't like to type with my thumbs. Two, here's a big thing. I'm usually doing something with my hands. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like Deja is usually like... If she's done with work and she's not playing Skyrim, she's chilling, she's watching a TV show. Now, she likes a lot of fucking TV shows, the old school fucking TV of you can do your dishes while the show's on, that sort of thing. The stuff that I watch, I tend to watch stuff almost like a long movie. So it's like when I'm watching something, the last thing I want to do is be on my phone. Right. Right. She'll watch something that you could totally be on your phone, and it's like you're not going to miss much. Yeah. So she she'll sit there text till the cows comes come home. She's yeah. not doing. But like if I'm here, I'm like on the computer, fucking doing stuff with you know obviously a mouse and a keyboard. I'm playing a video game where my hands are fucking tied. I'm doing dishes or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm usually doing something with my hands, and it's like I don't want to fucking stop what I'm doing. To send a text, but if you called me and I didn't have my headphones with the mic, I at least have it on speaker. I don't have to touch my phone to talk to you. Yeah, and it's so much fucking easier. Absolutely. So I guess I'm I'm the opposite of that. But anyway, back to the fucking primitive. <laughs> back to the yeah, list. Yeah. So, what is your number four? Yeah. So there's a comfortability I have with those first two <laughs> albums. The the other thing is I talk about like. Certain songs will just pop into your head and you'll be like, start humming the riff, whether you realize what it is or not. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This next song is definitely that. I'm going with Terrorist off of Back or off the Primitive oh, album with, with Tom Mariah from Slayer. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, um, I, you know, it's funny. We talked about, you know, the difference in Ross Robinson as a producer. Ross Robinson 
did the first two Korn albums, and then Toby Wright came in and did the Follow the Leader, very different album. So same thing. Ross Robinson did uh, Roots by Sepultura, did for, for Soulfly, and Toby Wright, I just found out, also did Primitive. So I think that's funny and fitting. But no, dude, just like that rhythm and obviously that Soulfly sound, Tom Araya's voice goes right over it perfect and like like you were saying they like like complement each other real well i'd say this is a song where like they're they're pretty equal as far as who's doing what on on here you know they're both sharing verses is the only real chorus in there that confront and destroy thing because if it is yeah they they share the same amount of time there too um i have to listen to this one because i haven't heard it in a long time um this did not make my big list Mm mm-hmm yeah, let's see. Same deal. My criteria is it just pops in my head a lot. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. now I remember. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like it doesn't take very long to remember. Like yeah, it's like a bike. especially with those first like three to four albums. Like, I, yeah. you know, that I definitely listened to them enough to where it was like okay, like yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't know why that's never been a favorite of mine. Oh, so this is one that they used to. They had one of those weird fucking dub mixes, huh? Do you remember those? Very vaguely. Like they did like a dub mix of like Quilombo and there's another mix there's a dub mix of something there's like a dub shit up mix or something. Like it was really fucking strange. Like but yeah, that that was uh Yeah, was, so there's terrorist total destruction mix. Okay. And then back to the primitive dub shit up mix. I feel like that used to be like alongside that whole more commonplace thing back in the nineties and maybe going into the late two thousand or early two thousands, maybe not. Oh they did they, yeah, they the, did a lot of the remixes and stuff. Yeah. Like 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 back when like a bunch of bands had that shit. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he hasn't done something with like one of those fucking dubstep dudes. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Like it's kind of surprising to me, but I mean, I guess he is more into like the organic thing. Uh, well, maybe especially like because like it became a lot less experimental in recent years, and it became more straightforward, heavy, pissed, dark, weird. Uh, you know, yeah, that true. whole thing again. It's <clears throat> yeah, kind of an up and true. down kind of thing. But now, dude, it's a solid song. I still back the hell out of it. Uh, yeah, it's always been one. Like I said, I don't think there's a Soulfly song I hate. Yeah. So I mean, it's. But yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, number three. Oh, my number three is Eye for an Eye. So there you go. What was your number three? My number three is No Hope, No Fear. The second oh. song off of um, second song off the first. Dude, that it's another one. It's just like like that. That's these next two get stuck in my head a lot, dude. And I'll just be going or whatever. Like this is like it, it is quintessential. If you want to talk about the the riffing yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> Those single-string guitar riffs, you know, like that bounce, that rhythm, the production. It's 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 new metal 101 with all the good so parts and none of the good. real tropey ones, you know, unless you're a purist that only likes What's string the weird shit at the end? The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all the weird things they would kind of bookend things with. A little weird vibrato clean guitar. Yeah, man. And then the weird bass effect. I just realized that this is the only uh, of my top five that doesn't have a guest appearance. So, interesting. But, but nah, dude, that, it's just a fun-ass song. It's it's heavy. It's pissed. It's got the loud, quiet dynamic also, if you're talking new metal, uh, between the verses and the choruses and whatnot. Yeah, it's got a funky bass effect on it, too. Mm-hmm. That little, it's kind of like a squeaky distorted sound like it's pretty strange yeah you did some weird stuff with the bass like, yeah this this one i mean I th- it would probably it would it, this is a top 10 for sure for me you know i was i was surprised that this one didn't make my thing but i mean i think a lot of it is just like 
don't know, mostly when I think of the song, I just think of that when it fucking dies down, there's freedom. There's some jams on that album, dude. Oh man, my fucking dude Pickles used to fucking love that part. He'd he'd always fucking just cry out freedom and then fucking yeah. go in and just start beavis and butthead in that riff, dude. Like, <laughs> speaking of, dude, actually, yeah. man, I'm gonna fucking shout out my dude, the uh, my old drummer, man, fucking this episode goes out to him, man. A big Soulfly fan. I don't know if he's still a big fan, but he's he he was probably the biggest Soulfly Soulfly fan I I knew of at the time back mm-hmm. in the day. He loved him. Like I mean, like again, that's like I I thought I loved him. He really he loved him more than I did, man. Like for sure. Uh, I was just thinking, like I I thought Christian was on more songs, but apparently he's just credited on one. But whatever. On that note, number two, number two. So this one was actually bittersweet, if that makes any sense. <laughs> but to me, it is the it is the epitome of what Soulfly is, and that is experimentation, heavy groove, heaviness, feeling, and a guest spot. Like, nice. It's literally what this is a complete package. Soulfly is, dude, and it's like it's always been one of my favorites. There's. There's one part I'm kind of, I, I always cringe at, but at the same time, it's become one of those things like a bad movie that you love. Yeah. You know, you love it because of that. Uh, it's called Bleed by by Soulfly with Fred Durst there and DJ Lethal. Yeah, man. It's got the cool fucking scratch. Like fucking all this weird shit. Like Lethal's busy on this fucking song, dude. Pretty simple fucking rhythm. Massive fucking groove. It's heavy. You know, it's got the fucking scream, play, play, play. You know, it's got yeah. the fucking call and answer chorus. Like, yep. almost like eye for an eye, kind of. I mean, one singing, one says bleed, the other one says bleed, one says bleed, the other one says bleed. <laughs> and then he's got you that, know? that little flow there. In and the, then at in the, the end, bridge. dude, fucking Fred Durst fucking raps at the fucking end, dude. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, I've heard, you know, a few different people do it. It always sounds fucking cool. The only part I cringe at is at the very end, he's like, play. Yeah, like he does a little yeah, wine thing yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, the Fred Durst. But it's gotten to the point where it's like the cringe yep. is so good that it makes me laugh almost. It's, like, it's, a, it's part of the song. You can't take yeah, it out. Yeah, so it's just like whatever. It's a snapshot it's, in time. It's, it's something that it's like, okay, well, here's another thing. Like I don't really like fucking Fred Durst. Yeah, I don't either. You know what I mean? Like I, I've well, never really, yeah. ha- like, I've never really been that into him. Like I, when I liked Limp Biscuit, it was mostly the drummer and the bass player because I definitely like I like Fred Durst more than Wes Borland by far mm. but like as an artist I mean I don't know him as people but right but the it was always the drum and bass like I, I just thought they were fucking amazing cousins and Fred was serviceable it was like fine whatever he yeah. can he has decent scream he's a decent fucking rapper DJ Lethal <laughs> you know nothing to write home about but Lethal I mean fuck has a big hit, fan of him in House of Pain so right. I was like whatever so I've never just really never liked Fred Durst that much and mm-hmm. and but again it's it's not bad enough to ruin the song at all. Yeah. When you know? I was 13, dude, and I was the prime target audience for for this shit when it all came out, you know, with with the first three Limp Bizkit albums, right? It all made sense and then I turned like what was it? 15 maybe and then I was just like, maybe not. This well, is not aging well. So. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I so I, you know, it's like I just listened to it, and it's like it really fucking got me when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But again, it's like you said, it was fucking pretty deep. You know, in that in that era, it made a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and it, I don't I don't know. It, it made sense, and it, it it never 
as much as I didn't necessarily like them, because I mean, I'll put it this way: like you could probably take those lyrics, and I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming he wrote them, mm-hmm. but you could take those lyrics. I mean, like you could put anybody fucking rapping. Jonathan Davis could rap it, and it would probably sound fucking awesome with that song. Like the song calls for it to happen. Yeah, you know no, what I mean. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but when you first hear that fucking, you know, I got my pride and that's all I need. Mm. I'll make you bleed with another blow without the radio. Boom. And then the drums. Can, like, it's just it. Fuck. It's so perfect mm-hmm. for that song. Absolutely. And it's perfect for the time to the point where, I mean, I listen again. I listen to it all week and I'm just like, motherfucker, like this is still the fucking jam, dude. Yep. Like Most definitely. I was really surprised. So even more surprising than my 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 number one being overtaken. Mm-hmm. I was more surprised by this jumping up to number two and staying like in the top five because it's always been a top fiver for me. For sure. With Soulfly. It's just it's it's. In fact, even more so than my number one, I said, if I would say, like, to me, this is like their definitive song. Yeah. Like, if you're making a fucking Noah's Ark of like fucking bands and you can only take one fucking song from every band, this is the song you take from fucking Soulfly to me. That's going to fucking years later. When the world's fucking gone and fucking some aliens here and they you they want to know what Soulfly was, mm-hmm. this is it. Yeah. It's that powerful to me that even Fred Durst can't fuck that up. There you go. That's a testament right there if <laughs> I know? ever heard one, yeah. So your number two. My number two. So this will be the last one. Again, same era. But like, like as far as like the riffs that just get stuck in the head all the time, fire off the first album, dude. That's that's a banger right there. It's it's picking up on the pace. It's a little more frantic. I don't know what oh, the dude, fuck I he's saying get in certain the words. Riff out of my head of no. So okay, so is, yeah. That's the one with that's the one with Christian. No, um, it's the one that's it's very not dissimilar. Yeah. So okay. And he talks about Hootie and the Blowfish a lot in that song. Where is it? Oh, so that's the one with the weird little middle super ultra percussion stuff. Yep. You know what the chorus reminds me of though? Blind by Corn. I can kind of see that. It also kind of sounds like what I was saying about No Hope, No Fear earlier. Ross Robinson. Well, I mean that's the thing. Like it's there's only. It doesn't seem that weird that like I mean you could probably have like thirty fucking bands come up with that because it's a pretty fucking simple thing, dude. Like, yeah. I mean even Dino fucking comes out and fucking has said like they fucking stole my shit like yeah for that fucking mm-hmm. for that main riff or whatever in in blind yeah it's I mean it's it's what three notes I mean it's yeah so it's like yeah it's not not weird but yeah the 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 faster part like for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your just number two song, dude. That's surprising for the number two. Because like, I know you're number one, and I'm like, wait, wait, this is a strange list. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. This is like, well, let's get to your number one real quick on that motif. <laughs> Unfazed by the tennis ball. Uh, let me see if I can pull this off. Oh, wee, oh, wee, Prophecy, dude. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised, but like. Like I said, I mean, I, I listened to the fourth album, and a lot of the reason why I was still into the fourth album was because I heard like they were having like Dave Ellison and Bobby Burns as a big Primer Fifty Five fan, so and they were trading off yep. uh, uh, bass duties or whatever. Had <laughs> duty, <laughs> duty. Whoa! <laughs> She's so wow! I just almost hit my cat in <laughs> the face with a fucking like, tennis ball. Look at that! But like I, I yeah, I'd heard about that, and then. 
Also, I mean, I kind of, because, I mean, this was about the time I was kind of getting out of the sound or whatever, mm -hmm. but I'd heard three, and that's kind of what was like, you know, obviously that was, what, 2003? Yeah. You know, I mean, we're getting into metalcore era now, and yep. it was like, I'd heard the third one, I wasn't as into it at the time, and so when the fourth one came out, I was kind of like, okay, well, I want to see where they're going, and it was like... The one song on this album, aside from the instrumental, the one song on this album that I fucking really, just really fucking loved was The Prophecy. And then they had the fucking whole part of, you know, like they had that fucking whammy pedal going on still. And it's always a sound I've always loved if it's used well. And I fucking loved it in this fucking song. And then it was kind of like, oh, you know, like, um, I'd have a Soulfly day at the gym or something. I put Soulfly on shuffle, and it was like a bunch of the songs. Like that's the really cool thing about this band. I mean, most bands that have this much material, but like the really cool thing about this band is that I really love is they are consistent enough and samey enough to where it's like they can actually be background metal. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Not, and again, there's fucking thousands of bands that could be background metal. You know, depending on what your mood is, but yeah. But these guys are, it's cool enough to where it's like, they'll have, have you ever heard the term like a hangover movie? It's like you could, you yeah, know, yeah, something you, you can just, just pass in and, and out of and yeah. you're not going to miss anything. That's how these guys are. You'll have these, these parts that'll stick out and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I got shit to do, you know, and you go back to doing your shit and you're not going to miss anything. You're, you're all good. And then one of those parts comes on you're like, fuck yeah. Or one of the songs comes on you're like, fuck yeah. Yep. Where there's a lot of bands, man, that's like. They're not consistent enough, or they're not good background, like background music. Like, it's either you're listening too much, it just sucks. Yeah. You know, this song sucks, I'm going to change it. It's not this, even good enough for background. Yeah, it's like, this song so sucks, bland, I yeah. want to change it. Hey, 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 skip that shit. Yep. And we hit skip on that real quick. Yeah, maybe hey. not this one, yeah. You know, but, but that's the thing, like, these guys, there's nothing like that. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like... You can just let it go, dude. And like, even the fucking weird stuff. Like, no, like, who do you go? Fuck, booty and the blowfish. Like, yeah. even that, it's like so small that it's like you're not even gonna bother to fucking change it. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Right? So, one thing I noticed, man, was like the, the song I always paid attention to and the song that really would just get me fucking into like really get me i would just getting into it and getting into it and getting into it was fucking prophecy mm. and it was also like I, I didn't have to fucking run over to the ipad to fucking see what fucking song i didn't have to look at my phone to see what song it was because this is the prophecy like yeah. it's pretty blatant what it's called which they are pretty good about mm -hmm. um, they don't have a lot of the the cryptic Titles or chorus, like they actually have choruses and they have, yeah. you know, and, they, and then there's no crypticness to it, man. I mean, they, they're usually just chanting their choruses, which is fucking great because yeah. it's like you don't have to fucking look at anything. Like, that's one thing I've always loved about this band, too. They're simple. Yep. That little yep. thing at the end of that song, too, the when it picks up a little more, you know, and he starts getting a little. Thirsty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what he's actually saying, but yeah, but it's a, you know, it's a chant. You know, something about tribal war, of course. Yeah, and it's just like a little part of the end. Like it's 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 just something thrown in, just like a la a hardcore band yep. that used to do little. You know, we're we're a little bit spoiled now, where we get the fucking you know eight bar fucking breakdown or longer. And yep. you know, back in the day, it was just like fucking. You get four bars of a breakdown, and then it goes right back to the fucking fast shit. So. It's, so yeah, I mean it's it's just a really cool fucking soulfly song that I've just really found 
is one of my favorites. That whole thing of like getting it stuck in your head. Now I get that fucking like I can't even fucking do it. But like the the very first thing you hear in the song, like I get that stuck in my head all the time. Yep. Yeah, it was, it's like I said, it was just really surprising that this ended up being my number one. In fact, you were saying you had a bunch of honorable mentions. I'm like, fuck, man, I think I threw 27 songs in a playlist. Like, yeah. of all potentials. I mean, I kind of knew that there was gonna be, it was going to be more skewed to the early part of their career. I knew for sure because it's, it's just a time thing mm-hmm. and a, a familiarity. But I, I also gave other stuff like a you know massive fucking chance. And I, I mean, there's a lot of fucking good shit on the new stuff, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, one thing I, I definitely noticed with this band though, I do like the raw fucking like Ross Robinson style production. Same. But that's where he excels. Like, he's not the guy that's going to get your your band famous on the radio, which is why it surprised me that Suicide Silence went with him. He's not, he's, he might be the guy that can change your sound, mm-hmm. but he's not the guy that's going to polish you up and get you ready for the radio. Well, it's weird to even think that his sound was commercially viable at a point, but you but know, it wasn't as much, dude, when it, when, when Cor- well, like Korn okay, yeah. did not fucking hit hard yeah. until, until follow the leader. Yeah, and that was okay. the, I t- was that other guy. So it was like, he's really good at fucking getting the ball rolling. So well, speak. he's the guy that fucking motivates you to do the thing, and then you got to fucking go find the coach that's going to get you to excel at the thing. So, like, that's mm. kind of where I saw, you know, because Soulfly, I mean, there's a couple of the albums, I think it's a like Conquer and like Omen, where they have like a more polished sound, not commercial, but polished, and it doesn't sound as good. It's good stuff that they're doing, and they're great albums, but. It doesn't sound as raw or as good. The, the, to me, like this band is like the raw or the better. Maybe that's why they're so awesome live. You know what I mean? Because when you see these guys live, like they're in their element. You like you know, there's some bands that's like they only go fucking do live shows because they kind of fucking have to. Right. <clears throat> you know, and it's like these guys are the opposite. It's like they they only fucking make albums so that they have something to tour on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. And you know, yeah, again, there's a lot of those type of bands too, and these guys are definitely like one of the top bands at that thing. We have that time for me. At long I believe last, we are number one, which Jason guessed very, very easily <laughs> and correctly. Going with Rise of the Fallen, which uh, features Mr. Greg Puchato, formerly of Dillinger Escape Plan, currently of the Black Queen, and of course, arguably where this you know all stemmed out of um, Killer Be Killed with Max Cavalera. So they toured uh, S- Cavalera Conspiracy when they first toured. They toured with um, Barrier Dead and. Throwdown and Dillinger Escape Plan was the direct support. Great lineup. I wish I saw that down here, but we couldn't go because Alex wasn't 21 yet, so he wouldn't be able to get in. So we went all the way to um, Chain Reaction to go watch Dillinger with Barrier Dead. Um, but that would be a great lineup. And so obviously they got some camaraderie going on that tour. And so Greg ended up on this song on that record two years later. And then based on that experience, they were like, fuck it, let's start a band together. And Killer Be Killed started with Greg and Max. Then they added Troy from Mastodon. Um, and the guy who they had on drums, I think, was somebody from like Mars Volta or something. Now it's Ben from Converge, which is, fuck, man, that's that's a complete package right there. And they have somebody doing Greg's guitar parts because he can't play and sing at the same time for live shows. Um, but like, dude... It's almost not a Soulfly song. It's like just the music's just kind of there carrying it along. You know what I mean? I like, didn't like, want to say, okay, 
now you guys know why I didn't really talk about the song a whole hell of a lot. I yeah. kind of just skipped over top of it because I knew it was his number one. Mm-hmm. I tried to not put this on my top five because I fucking knew it was going to be high on yours just because Greg was on the fucking song. It's just a catchy-ass song, So too. here's the thing. I remember one of those fucking satellite radio on the TV uh, yeah, sound um, choice or whatever the fuck music choice music, or whatever the fuck choice, those yeah. things are. I remember hearing a song by Killer Be Killed. I think I was at my mom's. Like, um, I don't know if we were visiting Idaho or because I'm not sure when that came out. Uh, when was it? Like the last five years? I don't know. Let's see. The, not, the Killer Be Killed album. Yeah, because they've only got the one. I knew album that right now. fucking Max had an, a project called Killer Be Killed. I didn't know that it was a fucking super group. Yeah. Cause I know you're not a fan of Mastodon either, right? I fucking hate Mastodon. So, but you, but you like Troy's contributions? This is like, weird because I fucking and I again, I don't know what he does. Uh, Troy? Well, yeah, because I mean, in killer be killed in killer be killed because I don't hear. Granted, I don't listen to Mastodon because I don't fucking like it. Uh, 2014, by the way. So yeah, that's probably where I heard it was at my my, my parents' house, like um, because they had the not direct TV but the cable one or whatever. Yeah. So so whatever music channel that cable has, a cable one or whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that he had the project or whatever, and I actually just thought it was a new like a new band. Like I said, I mean I didn't really know Soulfly was doing anything. I knew that Cavalera Conspiracy, well, at the time, I thought Cavalera Conspiracy was just a one-off thing with Igor. So I didn't know that they had done multiple things, and maybe at that time they hadn't, but but I definitely knew this was on, and I don't know what song it was. I, I honestly don't remember hearing it. What I remember was seeing the album cover. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to la- late last year, and we had talked about doing two deep dive episodes um, one on Cavalera and then one on Corpse Grinder. And I'd made two playlists. I grabbed everything Corpse Grinder, I grabbed it in one playlist, and then in another playlist, it's just called Cavalera and it's everything he's done. Yeah. That's on Spotify. And I was like, listen, I was listening to this fucking song and I was like, motherfucker, dude, like this song is fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. and turns out it was a killer be killed song. And I was like, wow, dude, like, so when I said, like, like, it doesn't sound like a sepul- like a Soulfly song. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really, man. It, it sounds more like a Kill or Be Killed song. Like, yeah. but at the same time, like I, you know, yeah, Soulfly does do enough different stuff to where it's like they can do a lot of these different things, and it, it's still Soulfly because it still has that same feeling behind it. Yeah, it just sounds like you know that's the voice that I recognize the most from Killer Be Killed. And I don't listen to Dillinger Escape Plan hardly ever. You know, so I really, I'm not super familiar with Greg's voice. Like, and that was the other thing. I had to look it up to see who it was. I had no, I mean, it sounded familiar, you know, and once I saw the name, I, th- I immediately thought like, oh yeah, Killer Be Killed, like, holy shit. Um, so, it, you know, it, as much as I tried to f- keep it off, I, I was just like, no, I can't. Like, it's a fucking awesome song, dude. Absolutely. Like, and I mean, we're talking like this is probably like, I mean, I think I'd heard it once or twice, like on the shuffle thing. And I, because I do remember, I tend to remember the songs that are, that are like the really different ones. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So anytime like the, the fucking, was it called a uh, soul fire? Like the kind of like the little rap dedication to Dana yeah, yeah. thing at the end of back to the primitive or, or, um, the Sean Lennon fucking song or, the one that's just the fucking national anthem or, or the, the 
the Pledge of Allegiance by the little kids, mm -hmm. things like that stand out. And this one is a standout fucking song. Yeah. You know, and I think it's fucking Max has a way of you know, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's this or not, but either he has a way of fucking picking out vocals that just are gonna be different but work really well. Or they could literally have anybody fucking sing for this band. Oh, yeah, that's there's an argument for that too. Because Greg sings a lot on this song. Yeah, uh, he's just a versatile as fuck vocalist. I could play you like five different songs that he's on, and you would have no idea. See, that and I always thought he was like fucking. say when you say Dillinger Escape Point, I automatically think fucking backflips with guitars. Well, there's definitely that. Yeah, <laughs> I think of Spaz. Spaz slash math slash screaming. Yeah, but that's I mean, what like, I think of when I think of Dillinger's Cape Plan. But I can say I don't ever listen to him. Those kind of vocals, does he do that in Dillinger's Cape Plan? Yep. Wow. That's, that's the thing is like I, when disc, the discography discussion did the Dillinger discography, they put it in a way that I've never thought of before, but they are completely right. That like when you first hear Calculating Infinity, the album before Greg, where it's just straight crazy math. That's it, and a lot of people like it because that's all it is, and they don't like any other in, you know stuff put into that. So when Miss Machine comes around, and that was the thing, I was a casual fan of Dillinger on Calculating Infinity. I was like, oh look, noise, ha ha. And then they get di and <laughs> you then literally they just sounded like a Simpson. Yeah, there you go. I'll take it. <laughs> um, I, I am Kearney from The Simpsons. If you look up a picture, I am I am. <laughs> oh, him. yeah, I've seen you post that before. Yeah. Um, but when they got Greg, they had a guy, and Dimitri, their old singer, is awesome, too, and, they, and he appeared on uh, the third album together with him. And, but when they got Greg, they had a guy that could do so many different things. And so when you listen to Panasonic Youth, you're like, oh, yeah, Dillinger's back. This is classic Dillinger. But then you get to a song like Setting Fire to Sleeping Giants or Baby's First Coffin or... Um, Unretrified, for fuck's sake. You hear unretrified, you're like, this is Dillinger? And I know that put a lot of people off, but adding that extra dimension to what Dillinger already did made him even better, in my opinion, because then, like, they had some more stuff. So the, what ended up happening was D Discovery Discography Discussion said it would, be, it would be too little for Dillinger to shock people just by doing that same crazy mathing thing nonstop to really, truly keep jarring people to the correct effect you had to change it up and introduce other elements to the point where on their last you know album dissociation like dude there is so much going on that just keeps people guessing and like they truly were hitting it so hard till the end and i'm glad they i'm, I'm sad i cried when they I'd spoiler alert for the dillinger episode or episode i cried when they rang that last note and i didn't know that was coming until it happened because i was like fuck i'm never gonna see this again and like, don't ever say weird. that. Yeah. Well, I know, but like, I don't want to. Like, I I agree with what they did at the end of the day, where it's like we want to stop where we're at the top of our game because we don't want to like not be able to do it to the degree we want because we're busted ass. Like like Ben, who's now in suicidal tendencies, also um, says that he went like because he's like he said he's his shoulder was bothering him and he went in for an X-ray, and the the doctor came back and he's like. This is an x-ray of a guy that got hit by a truck yesterday. Here's an x-ray of you. The guy that got hit by the truck is better off than you. You should not be standing right now. You know what I mean? Like, it was a miracle they kept it together as long as they did. And I understand them wanting to call it a day while they could. But what Greg does, Greg clearly had a really good chemistry with um, Max. And it'd be too easy to say, okay, do your really harsh voice for a lot of that. The fact that they were able to find a way to do his weird singing stuff 
Like, like, and that's well, the thing. Max some... can already do harsh vocals, yeah. and it sounds like, and that's the other thing. Max can do harsh vocals, and it sounds like Max. There's yeah. not a lot of dudes that fucking sound like him because mm-hmm. of his accent, because of his longevity in the industry. He's just one of those singers you can always fucking tell it's him. And so, if you already have that, then then why not bring in a different type? Of thing, and that's to me, that's why they work so well. Because yeah, Greg can do this fucking screaming thing, but at the same time, it's like why? Well, I don't have to now. Yeah, exactly. Now I can explore this whole other thing, which is something that Max is completely about: mm-hmm. is exploring yourself musically. And so it's like, well, yeah, I mean that would be like fucking perfect. Yeah, it's funny too if you watch the. Uh... Like I'm surprised Max hasn't done anything with Jamie Josta. Um. Yeah. No. Because I agree. Joss is a lot. Of, he's the same way. He's into that same thing of like, hey, like I understand that this is what this is your thing that you do in this thing. But do you ever wonder what it would be like to do this thing in this thing? Yeah. I. I it's, it's probably gonna happen sometime down the road. It's probably a scheduling. Oh, dude, thing. I would. F- dude, remember, think dude, about the ultimate. Max Cavalera did a song with fucking Jamie Josta. Like I'd fucking yeah. Goddamn. Think about the alternate universe where Jamie Josta did accept the offer to be the new frontman of Sepultura. That's for another day right there, man. Because uh, he, he got the call. He did get the call. Um, that'd be weird. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean I, that would be a thing. Man, maybe that's the top five thing we got to do. Top five, like... Almost bands. No, or not even almost bands, but yeah, that's a good one, too. But, yeah. like, top cool. five yeah. fucking, like, combinations you would like to see. Yeah. Corey Taylor got the call to be the new front man of Anthrax after John Bush left. Like Really? Dude, yeah. So how do you feel about... Because it's one of their bigger songs, I thought. How do you feel about like a song like Jump the Fuck Up? Like, Oh, so that's a big one, too. I like it. It's just like, first of, okay, so first of all, like like the there's a lot of that song that's very symptomatic of the year it came out. You know what I mean? It's like Slipknot at the height of them being the most Like, you metal-y, remember when you know? Motherfucker was a lyric? Like, yeah, 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 like, dude. I mean, that, I don't know <laughs> if that was a product of the fucking rap influence or not, but like, yeah, yeah that was like, I mean, fuck. You know what so I mean? Far, it's, got a lot of that, it's very pastiche oh, my shit. metal. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that earlier, yeah. So we'll just spoil it right now. It's Dude, Jump the Fuck Up's their number one song. Yep. Yeah, we might as well now, get Now, granted, that. I mean... Dude, it's Corey Taylor. Probably a lot of Slipknot fans listen to it. Mm-hmm. He definitely sounds really good on the fucking thing. And the one thing, there's like the whole first section, it's like they go back and forth. So so Max does his thing, Corey does his thing, Max does his thing, Corey does his thing. I think Max does his thing one more time, and then Corey starts doing different stuff. Corey's like on all he's of got the, the verses, thing, right? Doo, doo, yeah, he's doo, on all doo, the verses. Doo, 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 yeah. Doo, doo. I think it repeats the first two times. Yeah. He's got like four lines at the end that are different. Yep. But the first is like, it's because it's, it's like the same thing two times. It's like the yeah. same Max and Corey block two times. And then it starts to change because then all of a sudden Corey gets into more aggressive vocals. And I mean, that's really to me is like where the song even starts. Yeah. It's kind of after those two fucking blocks. Uh, on that motif, number two is Back to the Primitive, as we talked about earlier. Uh, number three is Prophecy. So, so nothing crazy here. Bleed is uh, number four. And then Ritual uh, is number five. So I just realized, sense. like, three out of my list are on the top fucking... <laughs> 
I think it's the first time I've ever had like that many in oh, the on top, top streaming. Yeah, yeah, good call, huh? Yeah, I was like, I, wow, that's fucking pretty weird, dude. Can't like, argue with the bangers, right? Um, fucking it. You know what else? One song I do want to shout out now that I think about it. The song remains insane off the first album. That one's fun. It's just him doing his crazy fast discharge kind of stuff. Yeah. Which there's also discharge uh, covers on the bonus tracks. Definitely not one of my faves, but it's a good one. Yeah, it's just fun. Again, it's it, it, like it's not even that long of a song. I mean, it's like fucking. You put it on. It's like before. By the time you start to dislike it, it's over. Yeah, there's no repetition really. It's just like part, 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 and. <laughs> I think I might be why I enjoy that. Yes, let's shout out some of these covers too. Four Sticks by Led Zeppelin. Like that's fucking great. Your life, my life. I think was uh, Excel. Like who the fuck mm-hmm. covers Excel other than uh, the suicidal tendencies? Shy Halud. Well, fuck whatever. <laughs> the fucking Golden Boys. Yeah. These guys are probably the one band. Also, I'll, I'll say this. I'll end on this. They're the one band I will listen to any fucking live version of anything. Okay. I can dig that. You know, I I, I haven't gone on YouTube to see if they have the uh, actual set from uh, Live at the Max that was going around Napster or not. But I actually will as soon as we're done because I want to see if it's on there. Um, I have seen several full fucking concerts from Soulfly on YouTube. Mm-hmm. These guys can have just a poor live sounding thing. And for some reason, dude, it works so good with the type of band that they are. Like they're just raw as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Even when they're, like I said, to the point where when they polish it up, dude, it sounds odd. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of like, eh, don't, I wish, you no, don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. so then you listen to Enslaved and they got the dirtier production again and it sounds fucking great. Yeah. I honestly think these guys would be perfect to like, these guys are the fucking Ross Robinson boner band. Yeah, pretty much. They, it's interesting that they haven't gone back to him, but Sepultura have. Oh, I, well, maybe that's day. why. I don't know. I don't know if they're still beef or what, but. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, to me, it's like, have you ever seen that thing? It's like Godsmack's just a tribal tattoo that you can listen yes. to. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. so. So, Soulfly is just a Ross Robinson production that you could listen to, like because yeah. that's to me he's like it's, he they're almost like an epitome of his sound. Yeah, most you definitely. know. All right, man. So like and subscribe, rate and review. Yep, yep. That wraps it up for Soulfly. Yeah, um, we'll probably get into more Cavalierisms when Very we soon. do a Sepultura episode. I like it. That, in fact, yeah, before we do a Sepultura episode with our good friend, we're going to have our friend Aaron, Aaron Street, Mm -hmm. we will definitely be doing a deep dive on Sepultura slash Cavalera in general. Yeah. Just because I really didn't want to do it here because he's such a huge fan. And I don't know, like, again, he's been in Soulfly longer than he had Sepultura, but... But Sepultura is to me is where that story should like begin. we should where we should get into it yeah, you know most so definitely. so we'll do that uh, email follow on the socials yep. it's all the medalist mm-hmm. medalist pod medalist pod yeah. or medalist podcast medalist podcast yeah try I either mean, or <laughs> yeah you're fine yep, whatever yep, yep, yep. you'll know where to find us yep let us know what your favorite soulfly stuff is eat your vegetables fuck your prayers see you soon later.